What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spot Callers. I am Justin here with Cyrus. If you hear that music, you know where we're going today. We're going to 2000, early 2010, TNA Impact Wrestling with Victory Road 2011. What's going on, Cyrus? That that was one hell of an intro, but um, that this is where we're going. You guys asked for it. We're finally doing it. Uh, this has been in the cards for months, but you know, uh, we're trying to stay away from it as long as possible. <laughs> yeah it it really is one of the most despicable pay per views of all time. But luckily, we have the option since I'm still paying. For Impact Plus <laughs> <laughs> to do another Impact show, uh, and and of course that will be uh, well, that, that that's yet to be determined, right? So we'll we'll do that later. Mm-hmm. But Victory Road 2011, we are firmly in what Impact or TNA wanted to uh, say was the Monday Night Wars where Impact actually aired on Mondays at one point. Uh, Cyrus, I know you weren't watching wrestling at this at this time, mm-hmm. but it was a pretty big deal at the time that, you know, the WWE and TNA would finally be head-to-head on the same night, uh, at the same time, even, with Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff at the helm again. They were bringing back the Monday Night Wars. It sounds a little bit familiar to the Wednesday Night Wars in a lot of ways, but... Uh, <laughs> With a with a way more wider gap. Yeah, uh, just just from what you told me when we were talking about this like long ago off mic, where it was just like this was in Universal Studios. They're not uh, a lot of people didn't even have to pay for like a separate ticket to like see this. They can like just go to Universal Studios and then just like be there live. And I was just like, yeah, that doesn't sound too great. <laughs> yeah, yeah it it was. You know the the moment of of TNA at this time, they were a laughing stock, and they they did a lot of things to take to to try and be taken seriously. Uh, a, a lot of huge signings, a lot of indie signings. That you know, these are people that would eventually go on to uh, to do great things. But you know, in the end, there was a stench, if you will, of TNA, and that was that. It you know they they had so much promise and so much possibility. And they never quite gelled and never never quite coalesced. So we're at an interesting point when we, when we review Victory Road and talk about it because this is at an inroads where um, you have a lot of big stars coming in. You have a lot of big stars and established stars there. And, you know, they were trying to get a lot of things off the ground. I mean, you had Ric Flair, you had AJ Styles, you had Matt and Jeff Hardy there. Like you had everyone, you know, there that could have turned the, turned the tide and you still get pay-per-views like this. Mm-hmm. And you know what? What? Uh, what? Everything you just said, except naming the superstars that were there at the uh, at the time, that's kind of still the case for TNA today, right? So I just feel like they've never got pat like they never got past that hump, you know? Like er- early, uh, early TNA, like I would say, like mid late to uh, late two thousands, they they were you know formidable, like. They, they, people, people could see them in a positive light back then, you know, even though there were like hiccups every now and then, but like 
I would say after that point, what you just said is like been a constant for TNA. Yeah, failure is a constant. This show is no different. Uh, <laughs> let's get to it. Victory Road 2011 from the Impact Zone, a.k.a. Universal Studios in Orlando. Have you been there before? Yes, I, I, I've been to uh, Universal Studios before, but probably not the time when Impact was <laughs> there. And if they were, I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't swing around to the Impact Zone, bitch? Nah, bro. <laughs> I just wanted to get on all the roller coasters, bro. I hate roller coasters. Uh, I hate them now because <laughs> they make my back hurt. But, <laughs> uh, but what you skateboard though? Oh yeah, that just hurts my knees though. So yeah, okay. Being tall, wait, wait, being wait, tall wait. sucks. <laughs> if you haven't seen Cyrus's skateboard uh adventures i'm sure he'll start posting more on his uh on his instagram handle yeah uh it's it's the same as the twitter once you see the tweet about this episode you know you can go and see it all but nobody <laughs> has faith in me but that will so, only motivate me to keep going like tna wow yeah yeah right uh so tna victory road hogan and sting centered opening uh i mean not for not for nothing it was a pretty well produced intro uh, with the you know the the world famous TNA uh, announcer intro, uh, you know the the guy who actually did the the voice voiceovers for this, he passed away just recently. Oh damn, that's unfortunate. Yeah, he was he was uh, I, I believe he was African American also, so that was pretty cool. Uh, so the intro walks us through Hogan and Bischoff's takeover of Impact. Uh, Impact. I keep calling it Impact Wrestling. I need to keep like it's it's tough because they've changed names so like, many times, so many times. But this is TNA. I'm gonna stick to TNA. Uh, it, it it kind of you know talks about their takeover of TNA, leading to Sting's return, and then uh, heel Jeff Hardy arrives. Uh, you know there were, there was a bunch of faction warfare between Fortune and all that stuff that was going on. It was it, it's way too complicated to even try and <laughs> bring up right now. I'll try and do it as we go along during the review. Mm-hmm. But uh, he beat it, it, you know, Sting beat him for the the uh, heavyweight championship on Impact, which leads us to what this main event is uh, going to be a little bit later on. But we start the show with Bully Ray versus Tommy Dreamer, a Bully Ray promo to start. How fun was this, Cyrus? Awful. When I saw that this was the first matchup, I was just like, oh, no, because I've seen Tommy Dreamer wrestle live before. Uh, I think it was for uh, MLW. No, <laughs> maybe he was like truly the shit during, uh, you know, uh, ECW and stuff like that. But like every time I see him outside of that promotion, it's never been enjoyable to watch. And that goes for the same for Bully Ray. Uh, to be fair, you caught him around eight years after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, so, he does, so- and he's doing the same shit. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing the same shit, but I mean, I don't know how well he moved in MLW. He's almost nearly barely movable and, and actionable here, but he does a little bit better, I'm sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, so Bully Ray stooges to Hulk Hogan and Bischoff at the, at the top. Uh, Dreamer comes out running down all, and then he starts running down all the things he did to Tommy Dreamer and ECW. This is a constant problem with TNA 
And an issue that I feel like we bring up with every non-WWE entity where they just can't seem to stop talking about things that did not happen in that company. Yeah. Or uh, at least like hinting at it or, you know, referencing it in some shape or form. What, yeah. what it is is that like, yes, it is real life. Yes, it is, you know, like these things actually happen. You can't erase it. But you are your own separate universe when you are on TV. So when you bring these outside, uh, these outside things, like, uh, for example, just something super recent, the FTW title, you know, bringing that, you're going to go, oh, let me, check, let me go check out the history of the FTW uh, title. And you know where that leads you? Straight to the WWE Network, baby. <laughs> and it's just like, why would you do that? And the thing is, it's like you, you, you lose, like there's so much money off the table when you did that. And I think at that point, wrestling was in a better shape than it is now to where like, you know, if, if, if an AEW or New Japan or something like that, they do it now, it doesn't really like matter as much as mm-hmm. it did to TNA who was trying to collect market share on the same day or night as Monday Night Raw. Like, you know, the, the, the <laughs> night that Hulk Hogan showed back up on, on Impact they had the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels burying the hatchet moment. Ooh. Like, WWE just, sh- they just crushed them that night. And, and again, like, you know, they were, they were trying to compete for market share, but they just could not keep the past away. And, and I mean, I know I just compared, I just had a burying the hatchet moment of, of HBK and Bret Hart, but that was a meaningful thing, not Hulk Hogan mm. for the and, 100th time, you know? So, and it happened within the WWE. So they exactly. can go back to that whenever. Like, Hulk Hogan... WWE and uh, or WWF and WCW thing. So just bringing these outside forces, it, it just doesn't work. That's why I really liked Lucha Underground a lot more because they were in their own like concise universe. Right. So uh, this is a no DQ match, by the way. Uh, Dreamer comes out in the beginning, hits Bully Ray with a Minions plushie. Of course, the Minions and Despicable <laughs> Me were a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taz says loudly, what is that thing? SpongeBob? Yeah, <laughs> with Taz not knowing what a minion was, that like set the tone for this pay per view. Like it, that, absolutely hilarious. I thought Taz was really great here. Oh yeah, Ta- Taz is an amazing commentator. That like, that there, n- n- nothing more, nothing less. Like <laughs> he's really good at it. Like it, 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 he he again, he kind of like manages to not like make it about himself but he does like put over a lot of talent the same way he does now on like AEW dark and stuff like that like he mm-hmm. he's, has a really great penchant for doing that and you know i i gotta say throughout the throughout this show i will you know we'll bring it up here but i'll probably bring it up throughout the rest of the night taz does a great job especially in the main event oh um, yeah so, he he tries his hardest for so, that main um, event i will say with this match these two have done this with each other so much that they mm-hmm. really have like the crowd going crazy. Like I, I can't say that the crowd was not into this. This is yeah. one of the matches I think they were into the most of, out of anything in the night. To be honest with you, I would say this match, the tag team, uh, the tag team title match. Yeah, and pro. Well, the main event is too short, <laughs> but they they were going up for it until the finish. Absolutely. I, I mean, because I mean, it's it's Jeff Hardy. It, it's 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 Sting. You know, it, it, it these are these are big deals, and you know that's what they 
you know, that's what they want. <laughs> that's that's you know, literally what what they wanted to see, and they they came to see. Um, I, I gotta say, I, I I didn't I didn't hate this match too much. Um, I I thought that the uh, the rope break during the during the no DQ <laughs> match was very odd. Hey man, that still plagues wrestling today. You remember <laughs> when uh, Kenny uh, Kenny Omega got a rope break in his match with Jericho, and people like flipped. <laughs> yeah, just like weird, just like a weird you know thing to 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 uphold mm-hmm. <laughs> in this. Um, you know, the, the match that comes into its own in the, in the third act when, uh, Devon, Devon, well, they don't call him Dudley anymore because they can't, but Devon's sons <laughs> come out. Uh, of course, uh, Bubba Ray had injured one of his sons, uh, weeks before they came out. Devon sneaks behind bully to do the 3d with Tommy through the table. I, I, I popped for that. Yeah, it was, uh, the, the, listen, the 3d doesn't get talked about enough as one of the greatest finishers of all time. Let's talk <laughs> about it. Yeah, let's talk about that right now. The 3D is up there with the RKO. Uh, prob- probably uh, Seth Rollins' stomp in a couple years. Like, probably one of the greatest finishers ever. Yeah, I I remember... You're probably so young here, but I remember um, <laughs> when the SmackDown 2 commercial came out. Oh, and pff, count they me had, out, they had the <laughs> They had the Dudleys doing the 3D, and I remember saying, I have to have this game no matter what. That's he. And I got it. Is SmackDown 2, uh, Here Comes the Pain? Because that's, uh, that's probably the only one I had. Uh, that I was, was Know Your watching. Role. That was, that was Know Your Role. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I had one of the SmackDown games, and I've never seen wrestling, but I just had so much fun playing it. <laughs> um, so, Tommy Dreamer wins. I gave it about two stars. I thought it was, the, the crowd was into it, and I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I thought it was a good opening match to get to get the crowd yeah. into it. Um, uh, two two and a half for me. So going back backstage, we get a really, and I don't like being like mean like this. I really don't. I don't enjoy it. Okay, I do not enjoy being mean like this. Really, really bad promo segment with Angelina Love. And winter of the beautiful people. So and bad. This this promo is like one of the worst things ever, and it like women's wrestling has. I, I guess like at this point, it hasn't been truly taken serious yet. No. So you get like these undertones of you know uh, homosexuality and. A little bit of homophobia. Oh, there's definitely <laughs> gay panic. Which yeah, is out of completely out of place, you know, in a in a you know a style of sport where you have people in their in their trousers, especially like going against women. It's just like a really weird undercurrent, undertone of just weird stuff. And they were doing the lesbian angle at mm-hmm. the time with uh, the beautiful people kind of insane and it was just like oh like it, it's kind of just like oh why are you so obsessed with me angle and it's because like oh she's probably like secretly gay or something like that and it's just yeah. like this has been done so many times so many different forms of media i i don't understand how this that like story was like the first like the only thing people came up with well one another thing i can't i can't figure out how they came up with uh, was the Knockouts Tag Team Championship match between Angel- Angelina Love and Winter versus Rosita 
and Sarita. Of course, you probably recognize Rosita as Zelina Vega and Sarita as Sarah Stock, who was a, uh, a producer for the women's division in NXT down in Orlando. Oh, cool. So uh, she was just recently released, and I think literally a couple of weeks ago, she was arrested for assault. So, Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, I, I will say here, like I said, for a lot of, uh, a lot of spot callers, it's nice to see the start of you know uh selena vega here because boy she is awful (laughs) she (laughs) She is is terrible in this match she is on another level of stank in this match um where do we start so and and and, you know to to another another some more background uh winter in in the in the other team she was uh katie burchell she was part of the paul burchell pirate angle from smackdown a couple years prior Mm-hmm. Uh, and she made her way over to uh, uh, TNA as well. The crowd, of course, all white, starts screaming <laughs> USA when Sarita speaks Spanish. Sarita is Canadian, of course. Uh, <laughs> How does she know Spanish? <laughs> well, I mean, she is, she is she is Latina, but okay, okay, yeah. You know, yeah. they but it's it's like she's not actually you know th- that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That 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 really doesn't work. Uh, of course, Zelina Vega from New York, and then you're you're chanting uh, USA. I believe Angelina Love is also Canadian. I uh, hold on, let me check. I'm on Cage Match right now. I believe yeah. she might be. Yes, she is from Toronto. Yes. So who exactly are we cheering here? Because Winter is from the United Kingdom. So who are we cheering here? What's going um, on? Winter is not even from the United States either. She's from uh, she's from Dutchland. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ra- so you have it. Racism knows no bounds. <laughs> Absolutely not. There is this is a short match. It is a very mm-hmm. it, it, it's a match that's around I think under ten minutes, just about the yeah. ten minute mark. But it felt like it was twenty five minutes long with the amount of miscommunications. Shenanigans, uh, ref, uh, people missing all their cues, the referee missing his cue, uh, interferences. This is like m- my worst nightmare in a match. <laughs> yeah, it, Velvet Sky comes out extremely late to a point where uh, I believe it was it was Rosita was waiting for the belt shot that was not that, that did not come until around maybe fifteen seconds after it was supposed to. Like uh. And at that point, they have the referee, like, well, uh, outside of the ring, and they're trying to shield his vision or trying to distract him. And then the referee goes, okay, that's enough. I need to see, like, you know, I have to get back into the match. And the belt shot has not happened yet. So <sighs> it's just like every uh, – and I believe the referee, uh, it is uh, Paul um, – it's, it's Earl, hey, Paul, it's Earl Hebner. Yeah. Yeah, Earl Hebner. Sorry, uh, guy, guy, got to bring it back. Legendary. Uh, I'm gonna steal your shit. Um, but yeah, this match is like kind of terrible. Well, terrible is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was bad. Uh, a lot of stupidity led to uh, Rosita and Sarita winning the knockout tag team championships. I gave this a dud. This was terrible. Is is it was setting the tone very very early of of how bad this show was. 
you know, I don't think I think the dud is like the per like I can't even put a number on this. <laughs> this match is not good. Um, I mean, you know, it's, you know, just look at how far we've come. You know, yeah, for for Zelina Vega at least. Um, I watched this the same time where she had uh, her match against Oscar. And it's just like, oh, this is so much better. Like, yeah, it's Oscar, but like, she moves so much better. She talks so much better. She has way more charisma. So she did come a long way. All right. So we are into some cringy stuff here. So throughout the show, the the overarching storyline as well. Kurt Angle, of course, not on this show, uh, was with Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle. The weirdness of, and I'm, I don't know if you know knew this. Uh, Kurt probably, Angle's wife, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He ended up getting with her in real life and marrying her, and they made a storyline out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I didn't know that, but I always felt like these like vignettes were like so out of place, or like it should have just been placed on the TV show, because... It, it, it it's really like it breaks the flow honestly like that that's like the main issue it, it just like breaks the flow and it's supposed to be funny question mark because I, I i didn't laugh at any of it i mean be be clear that you know it this was a show that people paid for sorry you know? <laughs> Like Could it be me, bro? This is this is the the show that people paid at least forty five you know dollars for, depending on your HD service at the time, mm-hmm. and they're getting vignettes throughout every single match to completely break the flow of the show. To compare that to shows now, like the pay per views we've been seeing from from WWE, that, you know, during the COVID era, and I know it's like a it's, a, it's an extenuating circumstance, but these shows flow so much better without. Mm-hmm. A lot of interview segments and stuff like that. So, you know, they're at Universal Studios. I don't know if anyone wasn't supposed to know that or didn't realize it, but this is the exact place that they filmed the actual shows at. So, I mean, they spent yeah. no money there. So that's cool. Uh, Karen Angle is not happy because she wants to get back to the room and presumably consummate her marriage. So real cool. <laughs> And Jeff Jarrett just wants to have fun with his kids and have let them have a good time at Universal Studios. That's it. And I'm just like, so like, what's the problem here? Well, the the, (laughs) the story is that Karen is like this ice queen who is like a man eater Mm, and she's not happy with anything, not happy with anyone. So that's kind of like the story there. Man, a huge yawn on that shit. Like, and it it happens like uh, two more times during the show, right? Multiple. I think I think we get three more vignettes of this throughout the show. And the whole time I'm like. We don't care. care. (laughs) We got to get the the Stephen A. Just we don't care. We don't care. I'm (laughs) going to grab that, too. We're going crazy with this new soundboard we have on the A Show Network. Um, So then after this four minute vignette, we get Mm. covid denier. And mayor of Longwood, Florida, Matt Morgan, talking about his upcoming match with Hernandez. Um, what's the makeup of Longwood, Florida, Cyrus? Have you ever been there? I'm about to Google it right now. Like, how far <laughs> is it from you? How far is it from me? Let's see. Longwood, Florida. 
That because that don't sound no the place I ever been to. Let's see. Oh, ew. That's in Orlando. That ain't nowhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> so so pretty staunchly Republican, you'd say, right? Yes. Okay. Orlando near Kissimmee River. Yeah. <laughs> Look how easy it is for wrestlers to become mayors of whole towns and cities. Yeah, that's that's like really insane. I don't think that gets talked about enough. Like I know Booker T also like uh he he tried to run for mayor in uh, Houston, right? And then like yeah. Kane is like wherever the fuck, and it's just like it's a popularity contest for fucking sure. It's it's nasty. It, it really is nasty that you know. And, and then the thing is, is that they were able to spread their BS throughout mm-hmm. more people who believe this BS. Like it's just, it's it just shows that we should not be uh, listening to these these people much further than the promos that they spit on on air. But next up, we have Matt Morgan versus Hernandez in a first blood match. Hernandez getting wild with this racist shit, right? Man, (laughs) he turned it up. And you know what? (laughs) I fucked with it. That shit was fire, white women and what they love and all that. I was just like, wow, Hernandez, calm down, player. (laughs) He he was trying... he was trying to get people to chant USA at him. Like that that's what it really was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's literally what it was. A lot of cheap heat there. Uh but as far as Hernandez, the character, I never thought he was good without homicide. I always thought he was just kind of like, meh, he was there to me. Uh man, I've never even seen him with homicide. The only time I seen him was in Lucha Underground when he was kind of just like a hired goon. And I found him extremely boring there. And I think he was only there for like one season. So, Well, how about we maybe one day review a show with LAX in their original form? What do you think? But that would be watching more Impact. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick a good show. We'll pick a good show. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, okay. So Matt Morgan was positioned to be the Brock Lesnar type of TNA. Of course, Mm -hmm. he was in WWE as well. Um, Didn't pan out too well for him uh, as as Matt Morgan was just over overshadowed by so many other like big stars and the company at that time, like Batista and John Cena and Randy Orton. Like he just had no room there Um, Mm -hmm. and he didn't make it. But, you know, the match starts lots of striking. The crowd is completely dead silent. I don't know what happened between and, that tag match and here, but it didn't yeah. seem like they gave much of a fuck about this. And at the start, you know, like these two like huge dudes like coming together to beat the hell out of each other, like they're like this match doesn't start out bad. So I'm confused on why like the crowd was so dead. Well, I know why they're dead by the end of this match, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, Hernandez tries to stab Matt Morgan with a broomstick. How about this spot? Uh, what about it? This is heat. <laughs> <laughs> of course, hey, death match stuff. Hey, man. It's, it's, a fir- it's a first blood match. That's going to get some blood, and that's going to get him to win. I, I feel like there, there, there could have been more... There could have been more inventive spots in this match. Like, oh, definitely. It, it, it felt like it was kind of like playing, playing by the numbers, running through the motions of, of a first blood match. Uh, there, there was a fan. This shit is so Bush League that a fan actually rushed to the ring to try and get them to stop this boring ass match. Yeah, that was uh, crazy. And you know what? P- people that just 
wanted to go to Universal, just stumble upon this. They don't give a fuck. So there were, of course, like somebody was going to like try some shit like this. And it was just like, what can you do? There's like no security at the front. And they, I mean, clearly they let, they let them rock. Uh, so the ending of this match, oh man, you ready for this? Wait, 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 wait. So just, just something that happens. So when the fan rushes it, there's a off screen ref bump because the ref was trying to beat the hell out of whatever dude ran in. Yes. <laughs> so the there's ref a ref getting, bump. getting busy. Yeah. The ref was getting busy, but there's a ref bump that you don't see. And uh, there's like a long like pan to Hernandez, I believe, like trying to blade or like revving up for what is the end of this match, which is like so stupid. So, as Cyrus said, there's a ref bump. Hernandez sprays Morgan with fake blood. The ref notices and Hernandez, he wins. awful (laughs) i will say not for nothing it's an inventive it's an inventive attempt for a finish it doesn't work at all i mean well it doesn't doesn't work on it for a cut nothing yeah well it's it's kind of like the same idea of of uh stone cold and kane's first blood match i don't know if you ever saw that where people Mm -hmm. were like how is kane going to you know get blood on his match you can't see it he's all red and that ended Mm -hmm. up with with austin being screwed out of the title in this sense, it was inventive in that same way, but it was like the ref could literally just wipe the blood off of him and see that it wasn't, there was no cut. Yeah, well, what she does, and then he, he touches his chest, he gets like some blood on his hand, and then like, it should be clear that there's no cut there. But then he was just like, call for the bell. And I guess like, that would be cool for TV that would like lead up to the pay-per-view, but like that doesn't work here. Like it, it doesn't work for me, at least if this is like, I don't know if they like continue this feud going forward, but like if this is like the blow, uh, excuse me, the blow off match, like that's not uh, <laughs> not good idea, Bella, uh, fellas. I give it a dud, two duds in a row. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I would. Uh, I gave it a two. It was okay. It was serviceable until the fan came in. The fa- yeah, the fan did ruin the vibe for me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Completely ruined the vibe for me. So next up, yet another interview segment. Who paced this pay-per-view? <laughs> I would assume Eric. I would assume Eric Bischoff. But this interview segment is terrible. And you know, I say I say a lot of times that you know it's good to see them grow. But here, I see no growth. <laughs> Generation me. Of course, we all know them as the Young Bucks. They cut a promo to Christy Christy Hemi. It's pretty bad. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 wait, no, no, not moving on. Can we talk about like the the topic of this stupid like interview? Oh, go ahead. Or is this like, oh, like uh, both of Generation Me, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson or whatever the hell their name is uh, at this time. Um, they're, they're Matt and Nick Buck. No, I, I I think it's like Jeremy and something. Oh yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy and yeah, but their last names are Buck. So that's all okay. I mean. Yeah, so they're both in this X Division match that we we're going to talk about, and they're just like, well, my brother's going to let me win because it's my birthday, 
And he was just like, oh, shit, I don't really, uh, I don't know about that, big fella. And, like, there's, like, this weird tension that's there, but, like, it's never truly expressed because these these two are, like, terrible at acting. <laughs> it is never paid off other than one spot in yeah. this match whatsoever. Um, we, go, we then go to Jeremy Borash speaking to Kazarian. Kazarian drops a Charlie Sheen reference immediately dating the show. Yeah. Well, if that didn't date the show, the next competitor in this match also dates the show. Oh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. I got you. Yeah. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Robbie E gets a complete segment. We are now at like five minutes of no wrestling on the screen. Mm-hmm. This is a pay-per-view. And then Cyrus, after this, we get a ultimate X video package. <laughs> uh, uh, of all, of all the amazing X, uh, all the amazing X division matches or, uh, that can't possibly, you know, <laughs> this match can't compete with all those amazing ones from back in the day. So like, Oh my god. <laughs> I will say that they're short staffed here, uh, which is to be expected. But this was the ultimate X match. Max Buck versus Jeremy Buck versus Robbie E versus Kazarian. My issue, I always had a big issue with the Ultimate X. And it's because mm-hmm. like they have to manufacture drama when there's absolutely no there's there is no drama here. And it's a lot worse to me than a ladder match because at least with the ladder match, there is a climb to the top vertically. Mm-hmm. Here you're kind of playing. Remember chicken when you used to play like on the on the on the uh, monkey bars? Yeah, it, that's the drama of of that. And and I always thought there, it, it was to me like less interesting because like, and we'll talk about it throughout the match. Like, there's a point where like Kazarian could have won the title and he was right on the rope, but he mm-hmm. did a leg drop on Robbie E instead of just getting it, getting getting the belt. Like, it didn't make or, any sense. Or at least like entertaining, like reaching for the belt, and he'd be like, "Oh shit, I can't like grab it," and then like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna hit the leg drop." Like, uh, I remember Edge complaining about like something like that for the North American uh, ladder match, like the first one, uh, where Velveteen Dream uh, instead of like trying to go for the title, he just like does the elbow drop, yeah. <laughs> and that seems to always be the case in like every ladder match in like history. It, it, but I mean, it's it's even worse here. Um, yeah, definitely. This match, uh, obviously, a little bit. And another thing about Ultimate X, it depends on the challenger. It depends on the competitors in the match, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a considerably slower Ultimate X match because of who's in it. You know, obviously, the Bucks can go. Uh, and, and Kazarian oh, boy, can go. Can yeah. But, like, Robbie E's here. <laughs> and Robbie E... It's not seen for a considerably long time in this match. I like. I think he gets hurt off like a tope or something, and then he just like disappears. And that's when all the drama between Generation Me like starts, where they both go for the title, and then uh, Matt is just like, "Wait, what are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna win!" And then like, just fight, just fight for it. That like, it should stop there. Like they should have like Nick Jackson probably should have like super kicked him or just like elbow strike or something because like a lot of that story like slowed down the pace of the match because at some point they just like start talking to each other. Yeah. Um, 
there was a, a cool moment with the top rope flux capacitor, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Kazarian does do exactly what uh, I said that he should have done in the beginning. He walks on top of the wires and he grabs the title for the win, retaining his X Division championship. I give it three stars. It was fine. I mean, it, it really suffered yeah. from really no big names here, but I thought Generation Me really went crazy in this match. I thought it was, I thought they were the best part. Yeah, uh, definitely. Sa- same with the three. I definitely thought like uh, Generation Me definitely showed their athleticism when uh, reaching for the rope and like climbing towards the title. Like I think, I think it might have just been. Uh, the blonde hair one, I don't, whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. But like one of them just like, just jumps and they make it to the rope, like on some like NBA player shit. And I was just like, oh, that's like absolutely like, that's amazing. Also, like, is that title up high? <laughs> if they could just really just like fucking jump up and grab it like that. But it, it was a cool match. Robbie, Robbie E. Yikes. Not uh, he doesn't really get much time to shine anyway. But what he's shown here, I, I wasn't impressed. And he was pushed so much during this era. Like he had a lot of of, of big pushes throughout this this generation of of uh, TNA and Impact Wrestling. Like it, like he had the Snooky spot and all of that. Like he had all mm-hmm. of that. And I think you know when, once that kind of went away, he had to keep up the gimmick. And you know people yeah. weren't putting their hands up. Uh, I, I think they really wanted to keep him uh, on the show a lot during this time because I guess like Jersey Shore was so popular that like oh like everybody's gonna get this reference like everybody's gonna get this joke. So well, okay. after that match, we get more Jarrett and Karen Angle stuff. I skipped over this. Sorry, not gonna. Sorry, not sorry. I, I fast forwarded. Uh, um, I did it, but I assumed it's just like more pizza. That was like about it. Like that was the big joke at the end. Beer money and Christy Hemi. Very weird segment. They get Christy uh, to, to bend over. Yeah. Uh, in the very literal sense, they were asking her to do like the, uh, the beer, like kind of just the beer money, like celebration thing. But they were just like, bend over, just, just bend over. And I was just like, oh, this is getting creepy. <laughs> Very, very weird. What wasn't a fan of it, but I mean, super short. Not as long. Not as not as long as the Jared Karen Angle stuff, which went on way too long. But it leads into our next match: Beer Money versus Ink. Ink. Terrible which name. Include, <laughs> and and be clear, Cyrus. Beer Money was one of the best tag teams in the world at this time. Oh, they were they the tag it. team in TNA. They definitely showed it. I. When watching this match, I was just like, I see why everybody like truly like loves them. Like they were definitely like in, in this match, they're truly amazing here. Yeah, and, and and they they love them, but more than anything, like again, like they it shows like how great of a tag team specialist Robert Roode is. Like he's really good in this match as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ink Ink has Shannon Moore in it. Uh, he was famously known for being hoed by CM Punk like 10 times in a row on ECW <laughs> before, he, before he left for uh, TNA, uh, I believe, in 2009. Uh, or he Actually, he got let go, I believe. Um, the story here is the growing uh, discontent between Moore and Neil, his tag team partner, while mm-hmm. trying to take down the vets. The pacing here is I, I felt like I was watching a, a completely different show. How would you feel? 
Yes. This, this match, like at, at this point I was just like, this is the match that made me like get up out of my seat. Right. Like I'm, I've expressed before that I'm not like the biggest tag team wrestler guy. Like it's not like I don't truly go out of my way to just like only watch tag team wrestling. But this was just like, Oh, like I, I was tapped in. Like I was truly fucking with this match. This is probably one of the, like one of the three great matches on the show. So, uh, again, really solid, really quick match as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Neil tries to stop more from using the book of Dilly Gaff, but gets caught with a DWI for the win. Um, I gave it three stars. I enjoyed it. I, th- I thought the end got really slow for storyline purposes, but I thought yeah. Bear Money made them look really, really good. Made them look amazing. And, you know, when they come out with like their mohawks and all their ink or whatever, I was just like, oh, these guys look ridiculous. But Beer Money made them look amazing. And right after watching this, uh, James Storm basically says like, yeah, Beer Money was supposed to come back, but like COVID happened. And I was so sad. <laughs> they, they are I, I want to see it. Yeah, they are. I, they are fucking needed in that roster right now. Definitely. Uh, just Rude and Ziggler, they just don't like. They just don't mesh well. <laughs> not at all. He's he's no James Storm. I say that much. And, and Ziggler's yeah. he's he's not bad, but he's no James yeah. Storm. And um, I, I do like James Storm. Next up, we see Cold Blood, <sighs> Matt Hardy. <laughs> he talks with Ric Flair. This is Matt Hardy's like fifteenth revision. Mm-hmm. Ma- Ma- master, uh, master of reinvention. Yeah, like, yeah I, I love that. I love the excitement on your voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have many positive memories of this man. So. so this leads us to our next match, which is AJ Styles versus Matt Hardy. AJ Styles repping Fortune. Uh, this was during the stupid Fortune versus Immortal feud. Uh, AJ getting his revenge on Hardy from his or getting his revenge on Hardy uh, after he uh, Ric Flair turned on him, which led Ric Flair jumping from Immortal to Fortune, which was like a uh, like a uh, four horsemen type stable that he just jumped over to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick, Rick, Ric Flair always. Uh... Always good to be a uh, a valet of some sort. <laughs> uh, he was good here. I mean, this was still Ric Flair when he was at the height of his like old man powers. Yeah. This is this is like post you're retired, <laughs> you can't wrestle no more, and him saying, "Nah, fuck that, I'm broke," and then going to uh, going to <laughs> TNA. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely this time period. And hey, man, ch- chase the bag, man. <laughs> Get the bag, chase the bag. He is great in this match, but AJ Styles is fucking wowling. Did you see the slide under the guardrail? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, this thing is a goat. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, it is so weird. Like, you have this, like, AJ Styles, like, I can't even say, like, you know, like, it's amazing to see, like, them like get better like uh you know seeing the beginning because aj style is like good at every period that i've seen him wrestle it's every kind of insane one. 
Yeah. And, and the thing is, his athleticism might be different. Like, obviously, we're looking at this with 2020 eyes. You know, that was, you know, 10 years ago. You know, but literally, like, almost 10 years ago that, that, that he had this match. But, you know, he was way doing way more high-flying stuff, but he just got mm-hmm. better. And then he he now spaces out the high-flying stuff a lot, a lot more. So, yeah. in fact, in, in a lot of ways, he's a better wrestler because he doesn't have to de- depend on that stuff anymore. He actually like creates a story around things like the phenomenal forearm. Like, you know, like, and it's one thing that's really crazy with AJ is that like, you know, when he's about to do certain moves. So, you know, the mm-hmm. arm stretched, it's about to be styles class. Yeah. <laughs> when, he starts, when he starts touching the elbow pad, you know what he's going for. Yeah. The, uh, the shit, the shit's fire, bro. Like a- AJ styles, truly uh, one of the like greatest of all times, man. Like he is a really like phenomenal talent. Uh, I have here on my notes, Ric Flair squeezes AJ's dick, and I put, okay. <laughs> you, didn't put, you didn't put a picture of Max V under it? <laughs> <laughs> um, AJ no-sells an eye gouge. Kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, man. Fuck the cheating. <laughs> I'm above that. I don't need a C. So, um, weird, really weird fucking finish here with Flair trying to interrupt the pin, but Hebner ignoring him and counting the three after the spiral tap. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, this is clear like miscommunication here. That the match of, was the match was really good, but I had to knock off a couple points off that. Like Earl, Earl Hebner, um, yeah, nostalgia factor, but man, this guy's terrible. <laughs> really, really, really awful. Just like. At that point, it was just for name value that he was even allowed close <laughs> to matches like this. I gave it three. I thought it was fine for what it was. AJ worked his ass off. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, AJ Styles is definitely the best part of this match. And you know, we, we got, we we're almost at to the point where we say our ratings, but like, we haven't even talked about Matt Hardy at all. <laughs> oh, no. He was, he was, he was a body in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, he doesn't do anything that impresses me in this match. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. And maybe it is because like 2020 odds, I am much like I'm not high on him at all, <laughs> but it, it is what it is for that guy. Uh, after the match, AJ gives flair a low blow, uh, kind of giving a, a payback for, for the low blow he received in that match. Mm. Uh, more honeymoon shit. Jeff says he's going to call for a truce with Kurt angle. When the water hits the family, including Karen Angle, Jared corpses, and he's starting. <laughs> he starts to laugh. <laughs> I, I I thought the water splash was like funny, but that that was the only thing that got me. <laughs> I'm not. I, gonna I thought it fake. was pretty funny. I thought Jared was great here. Mm-hmm. Um. Next up, we have Mr. Anderson. Ugh. Ooh. All right. With, with Christy Hemi, Anderson's gimmick here is that he's an asshole. There you go. That's his gimmick. He's an asshole. Yeah. When when I got when I got back into wrestling and that, you know, I just started doing like, you know, the deep dive of like, oh, you should probably watch this, you should probably watch that. So whenever a pay-per-view match was like recommended to me, I would watch the full pay-per-view. Just so I can just like, you know, soak up as much information as possible. But a like pay-per-views of the uh what would it be the Russo's aggression era i guess featured a lot of his matches and i would say he's the only person i would skip (laughs) during that period of time i do not like mr anderson at all 
I um he was so pushed, heavily pushed in the WWE. I don't know if you knew this or remember this or um he was supposed to be Vince McMahon's son. That's how big of a push he was going to get in the uh, WWE. I, I I probably never got I, I probably never got to that. But yeah. It, it was during he, the it, it was during the who killed Mr. McMahon angle which of course unfortunately uh coincided with another event that same day but, with an actual um, murder. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be during all of that. Mhm. Uh not a not a fan of this guy and Rob Van Dam like I I like him but in this match I was just like, well, it's him doing his like usual shit. <laughs> Listen, man, I put this in my notes. Anderson being a TNA heavyweight champion is a joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is a joke. He would, to me, Anderson's always been a intro, an entrance, and really that's about it. And that's what he's always been. I thought his entrance was cool, but that's about it. Um, there was a pretty good video package, uh, crowd chanting asshole at Anderson. Um, RVD at one point attempts a leg drop on the guardrail. Anderson moves. That looked like it hurt like hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- definitely could have tore something there or like cracked something. That looked very painful. These two, and I and I don't want to say this with with no, you know, with no exaggeration here. They have literally zero chemistry. Man. <laughs> I, I would say there's like a good match threat. Like the only like good match stretch is the beer money and AJ Styles match. And then like, I'm at the edge of my seat. Soon it, this match just made me go like, Oh, we're back in TNA. Let's just, uh, the high is over. This match is like, doesn't impress me at all. I'm not wowed by anything. Like I pop for the usual, like RVD stuff. Like I think the rolling thunder is like one of the coolest things ever. And then like, that's about it. Yeah, I'm. I, I I wanted to like this a lot more. I would really love for you and I to review a old uh, ECW show. Uh, possibly some of the ones like the the one with uh, RVD and Sabu versus Hayabusa, and uh, mm-hmm. I forgot the other guy. Um, or really just do RVD Sabu or RVD Taz. Like, I would love for us to watch some old RVD stuff. Shit, uh, just r- write it down and we could do it. I, I, I think that you don't really get the full breadth of how Rob Van Dam changed wrestling in the same way that Jeff Hardy and Edge and Christian and Matt changed it in that time. RVD mm-hmm. was right there as well in terms of branding, in terms of athleticism, in terms of just like being fucking cool as hell. I remember just being such a huge fan of RVD and he, oh. you know, he remained for at least a decade one of the most popular wrestlers ever. He he definitely like reeks of charisma. Like he is a, he is a really cool motherfucker. <laughs> and it might it might be all the weed, bro. Oh, it's for sure the weed. I mean, just think about what they gave him at the time before he kind of like smoked it all away, so to speak. Like <laughs> this guy was the ECW and WWE champion at the same time, and they were going to run with it. They were running with it. And you know, just one wrong turn <laughs> essentially is what kind of ruined all of that. And, you know, I know he says that, that he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't regret anything. And, you know, it, it was, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. like kind of like a wake up call for him, but you know, it, that had to show like there was just so much potential there after he beat John Cena at ACW one night stand. Have you seen that show? 
Yes, I, I, I've seen it. That show's fire. <laughs> yes, it's it's really good. And and again, like wait, we didn't review that show because no way I was watching that show for no reason. <laughs> uh, no, we never we've never reviewed the John Cena RVD main evented uh, one night stand. I think it was one. It was one night stand two. That's what it was. Oh, huh. I'll have the, to look had, at the tapes. <laughs> it had that spectacular uh, Tommy Dreamer, Beulah versus Lita Edge match, which was mm-hmm. so green. The way that Edge pinned Beulah at the end of that match was the most disrespectful <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. He was, that's before he was a good person. <laughs> bro, he was pumping with the one, twos, and threes. He was pumping yeah. with it, bro. Just <laughs> nasty. Uh, I, I mean, let, let's get back to this match. Uh, nothing much happens here. Both men are counted out after Anderson hits his finish on the outside. These two weren't meshing at all. The finish was a stupid idea to do this late into the mm-hmm. show. I don't know why you didn't have them do this after the RV, after the uh, the Dreamer and uh, Bully Ray match, so that you don't send the fans unhappy with no challenger going into this next piece of shit we're going to talk about. Yeah, very very poor uh, decision here. Honestly, if this match would have happened at any point before the beer money match, I would have been okay. Like, you know, I would be less upset about it because like these two, like, I guess like slaps in the face back to back at that time, I would have been like sick. Like I probably would never watch that shit again. If you paid money for this pay-per-view, I'm pretty sure that maybe around the Sarita Rosita match, you're probably feeling buyer's remorse, but you're for sure feeling buyer's remorse at this point. And you're just now mm-hmm. saying, you know what? You know what's going to really, really bring it home for me? I'm going to see Sting and Jeff Hardy. Two legends? <laughs> but before we talk about that match, fans chant restart the match. Other fans say no because they just want to get to the end of the show. <laughs> That's hilarious. But we get to a pre-taped interview with Jeff Hardy, high as hell, calling himself mm-hmm. the Antichrist. That meant we see a lot on this show. We've seen a lot of people do promos high. Would you say this promo is better than the Jake the Snake one? It's definitely scarier. <laughs> <laughs> I. I, 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 I like the Jake the Snake Robert once on uh, Heroes of Wrestling because he's literally talking about nothing. <laughs> and he's like, uh, since they're in a casino, he's like trying to do like gambling references. So there's a lot more effort put in there until like what Jeff did here. Yeah. It, I, there was definitely more scary energy to me here. Like Jeff just seemed not well <laughs> altogether. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they allowed him to do this and what we're about to see, mm-hmm. they, we still debate this today. Um, Sting video package. Pretty cool. Yeah, Hardy's music plays. Hardy looks fucked up. Stumbling you, up the steps. We you see know, the... Hold on. The lights are real low. All right. <laughs> the lights are real low, so you can't see it yet. But the way that he's swaying back and forth with the music, I've been there. <laughs> wow. I can see it. <laughs> wow. I saw it. <laughs> he was on another level, huh? Hey, Matt. When you're prescribed Percocet, you, you just see things, man. Sheesh. Uh, 
It, um, so it was legal. <laughs> the Jeff Hardy belt is ugly as sin. Let's just be clear. It's very ugly. What? I think it's okay. The Enigma belt is trash. You you can at me at OG Johnny Five <laughs> if you if you if you want to get your issue. Um, Bish, uh, Sting comes out and is visibly upset about what's happening. Obviously, we know what's going on at that mm-hmm. time, and no one did. Uh, but then Eric Bischoff comes out and he has an announcement for the crowd. Slight change of plans here, ladies and gentlemen. Slight change in plans. He stops and tells Jeff Hardy to do something. I'm pretty sure he told him uh, just lay down and lose. And he changes mm-hmm. the match to no DQ. Uh, Sting then punches Bischoff. I'm pretty sure Bischoff told him to do this to get some heat. And mm-hmm. then Jeff Hardy, uh, before before they even lock up, bell rings. Jeff Hardy just starts doing this. Right now, Jeff Hardy. Well, we better not worry about throwing his T-shirt. We better worry about, about the world title at stake here. And hardly the time to play to the crowd. He starts playing with his T-shirt. Yeah, he he's like teasing that he's going to throw it to the crowd for a comedically long time. <laughs> and I was just like I like I've seen this before but what? not to like this level what are, how could they allow this to happen honestly I I like that they let well I'm glad that Bischoff came out and did what he had to do rather than right. them doing the full match. This match may be like one of the worst things ever, but this is probably the best outcome ever. Yeah. I mean, Sting hits a Scorpion death drop. Uh, Hardy kicks out at three, but they still count the match anyway. Mm hmm. Yeah, and at the uh, end of the day, he, he was definitely going into the business for himself, but it was just like ah, 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 lay down. Yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna fall to to this shit. Not today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have the. I, there's no other way I could name this match as as, as anything but a dud. Hardy shouldn't have been out there. Sting's yeah. face told the to tell. He wins the belt. A fan chants bullshit, and Sting says out loud, "I agree." Yeah, that that made me scream. I, I I really started dying laughing. What would have been the easy fix for this is somebody is like somebody finds Jeff Hardy before the uh, the Anderson and RVD match. See that his glazed over. The card is subject to change, and they like they do the match, have him win, and possibly pull double duty for for uh for Jeff. And that would have been okay. Yeah, I mean, or or just make the the Anderson because they end up doing a, tri- a a triple threat anyway. So mm. they, so like just have Anderson and RVD just be in the main event, so that at least you can send the the fans home happy, and Sting gets to actually work. Yeah, or yeah, they they could have just did the triple threat and then just like go long. Yeah, like, that would that would have been okay. I assure you, it probably wouldn't have been a better match than what we got. But it's like, there's no way they didn't know moments before 
that that uh, the the match before it, that Hardy was in no condition to actually wrestle that night. It was just really odd that it, it just even even looking at it today with with twenty twenty eyes. Mm-hmm. I can't call it for impact. I don't know what they would do knowing what they allowed to happen at their pay-per-view with COVID, but no way that anyone, uh, you know, any company that's worth their, their, their weight in in gold would allow someone to go out in that shape. Mm -hmm. Now is they, they, there would have been an angle where Jeff Hardy would have got shot moments before the (laughs) pay-per-view. Exactly. (laughs) They're starting to do the, uh, somebody gets shot a lot (laughs) or like murdered or some shape or form. And hey man, I'm fucking with it. <laughs> so after this match, surprise, surprise, TNA sent Hardy home and he wouldn't return until August 25th at the Impact Wrestling Tapings. He asked fans for forgiveness a week later at the September 8th episode and he wrote out his contract and left. Uh, I think I, I think I want to say a couple years after uh, Sting would lose the title at Slammiversary to Anderson becoming Joker Sting afterward, and he left TNA in 2014. And that is where we will close the book on TNA Victory Road 2011 on Spot Caller. Cyrus, what did you give the show overall? Overall, probably a two. <laughs> that was, there was no hesitation. Yeah, there's only two good matches, so I feel like that's the, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's an okay rating. Honestly, yeah, I, I, oh, go ahead. I swing it around three. Oh, you're a lot more generous than me, which is like surprising <laughs> because you're a long time wrestling fan. And I thought like this probably would have been like a one and a half for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I, I really like the AJ. I really like AJ's performance. The Ultimate X match was OK. Um, I didn't mind the opening match. I, I think more more. I tolerated a lot more matches than I thought I would at the end of this. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that I was, I was too upset about um, the outcome or what was going on on the show. I thought it was, I thought it was a solid, solid middle, but then everything around it was terrible. You had so many duds or matches that I just wouldn't even rate that I just, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't with, with any. Yeah. So it's just like, there's like so much, like so much bad that it just really overweighs all the good that's on the show. And that's why I just had to give it the solid two. So there we have it. Another episode of Spot Callers in the bag. I don't know where we're going to go next. Do you want to stay in the Universal in the Universal Studios? Cyrus, you want to do another uh, TNA show? Yeah, uh, it, it's been a minute since I put the, uh, the Google form, uh, the Google form up so people can uh, send us shows to watch. I, I haven't peeped in in a long time, but yeah, we, we can stay in the impact zone. But let, let's dial the clock back a little bit. And let's okay. go to a graceful period. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. We'll, we'll, we'll find something. I, I, I'll pick something out. I'll pick something out. Yeah. I know. I, I know the good ones. I hope. I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, thank you all for listening to Spot Callers for the month of October. Uh, you know, as always, you can follow us at the A Show RNC on Twitter. Follow me at OG Johnny Five and Cyrus at H underscore Visibility. You can listen to shows such as The War Report, this show you're listening to right here, The A Show, The Rewriter's Room, and The War Report every single week, or I mean nearly every single week. But of course, as with anything, we must bid you adieu until next month. I think we're going to go back to the universal, we're going back to the the, the impact zone. That's where we're going to go, right? Impact zone. (laughs) Yeah.
and then I'm going to cancel Impact Plus. Um, so until then, <laughs> thank you all for uh, listening to the show. And until next month, please wash your hands, cover your faces, wear a mask, and please, 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 please go vote. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to leave you with something that very near and dear to Cyrus's heart. He had to have the song here. So we're going to play you out with Robbie's music again. See you later. They didn't put this on Apple Music.